Welcome to the Ministry Podcast. It is such a privilege that you would tune in. All of my content is designed to bring hope to the dreamers and doers that Jesus offers us a better way to life and Jesus offers us a better way to lead. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Last session, we talked about what happens when work becomes your identity. Remember, so it was success goes to your head and failure goes to your heart. Remember that? Your work is your worth or... Your work is the worst. worst. Here's my wife that said, I'm like encouraged and not that nobody else, but my girl. Okay, so uh, here's the next thing to write down if this thing works. Work is a great servant. I'm going to talk about this, but a terrible master. Work is a great servant, but a terrible master. Just like most blessings in life, and we're going to see how work is a big blessing. It's an amazing blessing, but it's not the blesser. And so what happens when we make work our God, theologians call this idolatry. It becomes an idol. And what's interesting about work is work kind of gives you things quicker than what prayer can. I'm going to say it again. In many ways, work gives you things at a faster rate than what prayer does but you're going to get it in the wrong way and you're going to have the wrong appetite for it and the wrong motives, but it does give it quicker. And so here's actually four idols. I always use this paradigm when talking about idolatry and this could manifest itself um, in your marriage, like literally any blessing, but let's talk about it in the context of work. Uh, But number one, a lot of times it's, it's power. Some of you are tempted to worship the idol, the idolatry of power. And work is a great way to kind of fill that need. What, how do you know you, have, you struggle with the power idol? Um, you seek to control. Everything for you is about your position. You'll do anything to get more influence, including kind of go against your own ethics. And you define your worth by your success. Right? So that's the power idol. And again, work can help you get those idols, get that idol. The next one is approval. Now, is it, should we, like, did God create us to be approved? Yes, by God and God alone. So like living in his approval is a great thing. So it's like, no, who cares about approval? Like approval is great, but only in Christ because that's the only sure foundation. But how do you know if maybe approval is something you struggle with? Uh, all your relationships, so like even in work, you cut corners or you say, you know what? I, you know, you, you never actually, if you're a boss, you don't hold to the rules because at the end of the day, you want your employees to love you. So you just, but it winds up hurting your business. Um, approval Idol is all about achievement. You want to be recognized. Uh, also about social circles. So you use your work to climb the social ladder. And for approval, an idol, uh, kind of a, a side effect is everything's about appearance. So you actually are less concerned about being good. You just want to appear good. Which again, if we're talking ethics, we're talking work, um, those things wind up where your work winds up hurting so many people and your work just isn't as profitable for you because those things eventually um, kind of uh, bite you. The next one is security. So security idol, you do everything for your family. Here's the problem though. A lot of people that do work for family, they actually never enjoy their family because they just keep wanting to give a secure, I'm just doing this so that you can go to college. I'm doing this so that you can have your own car. And so you wind up actually not enjoying the family that you're working so hard for. 
And I know a lot of people can identify with that. Uh, some people, though, finances, like some people just, their savings account has to be a certain number, so you'll overwork and overwork in order to feel secure, but nothing in this world lasts. Um, protection, safety, all about your future. And again, work actually provides these things in a superficial way. The last idol that we have to be weary of is comfort. I would say right now with COVID and everything going on, like I crave comfort, right? Like I crave just, I just want to just feel, I don't know, you know, like peaceful. And it's really hard to feel that right now. But for many people, and work is the way to get that comfort. Uh, Everything in your life is about pleasure. Or this one is, yeah, everything in your life is about freedom. And so there is some things we have to do in society that makes us uncomfortable and actually makes us feel like we're sacrificing our freedom for the greater good. And again, people can, there's all sorts of applications there. Um, But comfort can make you do things that wind up hurting yourself and society. Um, Health, vehicles, that's like a comfort thing. You're always buying the new thing and it just makes you feel better. And recreation, which I would say recreation is one for me that I kind of fall into. But recreation is a good thing. But it's not good when it's attained through the wrong ways and you expect it to give what only God could give. Does that make sense? So work is a great servant, but it's a terrible master. And when it's your master, it will promise these things, but it will always underdeliver. It'll promise you power, but you'll never get enough power, right? It'll promise you approval, but you'll be so mad. Even somebody on the lowest of the totem pole says something bad about you. It crushes you and it ruins your day. Right? Like me as an artist, I just call myself an artist. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to own it. Me as an artist. When I create a video or uh, design something, I really don't like when people talk bad about it. You know, it's like, you're a jerk. You know, it's like, especially with art, because it feels so subjective. You know, it's like, but that's for you. But for me, this is a masterpiece. But anyways, I don't know what I meant. I just wanted to call myself an artist and see what Caleb said about it. Um, <laughs> With idols, another way to put it, and this is sin altogether, it fascinates, but then it assassinates. So you think this is exactly what I need, but it winds up tearing your life apart. I also think, can I say real quick? Please. Okay. I think also, like, if we're talking about how Christians behave in the workplace versus the way the world works, like a lot of us, we're going to talk in the coming weeks about practical ways to share your faith and live this out. But I think step number one is if you recognize these in your own life and you start living against this, which is what we're going to talk about, you're already distinguishing yourself apart from the rest of the world. So like, if you want to learn to share your faith, you have to start here. Boom. And you have to recognize where you fall into all of these because you're not going to share your faith if people, it's not going to be effective if people see you using work for any of these as well. So this is how you back that up. Like not, you just can't invite your you know, coworkers to church and fast during lunch or whatever. You have to back it up by knowing that this doesn't define you. Um, that was next time I know. No, it wasn't. No, that's perfect. No, that's exactly right. Um, thanks, Caleb. That's what I needed to do. Uh, so next session will be about um, family systems theory. You guys ever heard of that before? I know you, Selene, with the nature of your work. But we're actually going to be talking about, just like you said, in order for us to change anybody, we have to first change ourselves. 
And so it's a beautiful principle where if I have a non-anxious presence, I will begin eventually to influence everyone in the room. But if you are talking about God, but serving the idol of power, approval, security, and comfort, you're not actually changing anybody's life because not even your own life has changed. The gospel is more than passing a test. It's about placing your trust and having an overall confidence about all of life. So what I want us to talk about for the rest of this time, how do we not fall into the trap? And I know this is probably not what you expected us to talk about when we talk about work. We're talking about rest. But rest and work are very symbiotic, okay? So that's why God instituted what we call the Sabbath, okay? So if you have your Bibles, open to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 1 and 2 really helps us see what, how God designed the world and what His intentions were. And it's really helpful. We talked about this last session, but we have to recognize that God made us work before sin entered the picture. So work isn't inherently bad. It's actually a beautiful thing, but it can become a terrible thing when it's used and abused when it's serving these idols. Genesis 2 verse 1. Again, last session we talked about Genesis 1 and Genesis 3. So today we're talking about Genesis 2. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done and he rested, underline that word rested, on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Talk about a productive week, all right, that none of us will ever have. Verse 3, God blessed the seventh day. We're going to look at that word blessed and declared it holy. We're going to, this is the first time the word holy is here, right, that he declares something holy. For on it he rested from all his work of creation. If you don't mind, I want to get, kind of explain a little bit what all of this means and why it's super helpful for us. I'm trying to see what's the next point on here. Okay, good. Um, here's the reality. If you do not rest well, you will not work well. If you do not rest well, you will not work well. So if you're thinking, why are we talking about rest? Because we're talking about work. God always in the Bible, when, when work is mentioned, rest is always there. It's called balance, something our society needs. Okay? So Work and rest are symbiotic. There's a professor from the U of A. The University of Arizona. University of Arizona. Uh, and he actually researched, I wonder if you know this guy, but he researched uh, kind of like, do we actually need rest? How, what's going on? And he noted, he has this quote, it says, we are full of hormonal imbalances, fatigue, insomnia, organ stress, and serious physical mental symptoms. He's saying more than ever before, it seems that these are huge symptoms of our, of our society today. And he pointed out, his name's Lerman. Did you know Dr. Professor? No, no, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's call him right now. Let's FaceTime him. How cool would that have been? Like, surprise, right? Uh, Lerman argues that the human, get this, he, he declares the human biological clock operates on a 25-hour cycle. And that's why we always feel like we're behind. There's always like another hour we're just missing out on. Our bodies are kind of wired that way. What's the point? He was saying research proves you are actually more productive if you work six days a week and not seven. I would also argue you are way more productive working six days a week rather than five. It's kind of interesting we have the Monday through Friday schedule. And so... 
there's like a big debate on, on ministry. Should pastors work five days a week or six? And we always say six because that's the way God kind of designed it and wired it. And also Sundays are work days for us. Yeah, okay. So just, <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. But for some of you, it's not work day. It's just come to worship and be part of your Sabbath, which you'll probably talk about. Okay, so we need rest in order to work. So Genesis 2, and he's talking about the Sabbath on the seventh day, he rested, he blessed it, and he declared it holy. This is the first time we're talking about Sabbath. The word Sabbath in the Hebrew is called Shabbat. You guys ever heard that? Shabbat. And so we, me and Jordan try to be cool, and we just like, we don't even call it Sabbath. We just call it Shabbat. Like, oh, are you ready for Shabbat on Friday? Just, anyways. Uh, and so it's actually, because the Hebrew culture um, in the Old Testament, a lot of words meant more than one word. So like it's a multi-dimensional word is what I'm trying to say. So when, when you see Sabbath in the Bible, it means at least these four things. And one more book to suggest, Marva J. Don is my, he, she wrote the, my favorite book on Sabbath. It's called Declaring, Declaring? No, Keeping. Okay. Keeping the Sabbath Holy, but W-H like whole, holy. Keeping the Sabbath Holy by Marva J. Dime. And when you do the, um, the Hebrew research, it means four different words. Ready? It means ceasing, resting, embracing, and feasting. So it means those four different words, and that book is actually split up into those four categories, and it's really good. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. That's Pastor Caleb's job. But notice here in, in 2 verse 3, what does God do? God blessed the seventh day. What does this mean when it says God blessed it? Blessing at its core means to make more life. Another way to look at it is to rejuvenate, to refresh, to renew. Sabbath is meant to give us energy where it was lost. It means to give us creativity where we're kind of feeling burnt out. It means to give us strength. It means to give us a whole new set of, uh, we're, we're a lot more optimistic about life. And what I love about Sabbath is it gives you buoyancy. Buoyancy means like you're being dragged down, but eventually you always rise back up. You just can't keep you down super long. But I've noticed in my life, when I have skipped quite a few Shabbats, I don't seem to have that buoyancy in my soul. And my work is affected. My home life is affected. Everything is affected. So that's what blessing. So he's declaring it uh, this day, the seventh day, is a day to receive more life. Okay. The other thing, he declares it to be holy. And he literally, and declared it holy. The first thing God declares holy is not a mountain. It's time. Which I find really fascinating. He declares a day to be holy. Now, a lot of us think of holy in the terms of the negative, but don't, I mean, it sure, it does mean not doing things, but more than that, it's dedicating it to the Lord. That's what holiness means, dedicated to the Lord or set apart for the Lord. So the first thing God declares holy is not a mountain, but time. So the best way to look at it, Shabbat or Sabbath is what, and you need to think of it this way. It's a weekly holiday, literally holy day, but it's a weekly holiday. When you guys get ready for Christmas and Thanksgiving and all those other lamer ones than those two, what you get excited, right? There's planning involved. You, there's an excitement. You can't wait to wake up. It's a beautiful thing. You're so excited. There's food involved. This is what, this actually should be happening once a week in your regular rhythm and culture. I also want us to know uh, Shabbat, Sabbath is not a day off. A lot of people kind of treat Sabbath, okay, good. 
I, I'll either just watch Netflix and do nothing, or I gotta get errands done, but I'm not working, but I'm getting errands done. That's something different altogether, and I think you're gonna touch into that a little bit more. And so here's one more thing I wanna kinda point out, and then, and then we'll have some questions. I find it interesting in Genesis 2, 1 and 3, this is the Lord's seventh day, but it's mankind's first full day. So I want us to recognize the beautiful principle of Sabbath. For me, my week starts at Sabbath, not ends at Sabbath. Why is that so important? Because when I work, I am working from rest, not toward rest. There's a big difference there. It's actually a gospel thing. Old, like religion, if you want to put it in the negative sense, is all about working to get something. Right? It's working to finally get the reward. But the gospel is, I have received the reward, now I work. So it's this, you actually, it's a weird, maybe you're like, this isn't impressive to me, but to me, it's a game changer, and it's like, oh, when I work from rest, I'm not burning out by the end of the week. I'm like completely full, I've complete, like, you know, it's not just, oh, I just can't wait to rest. You can't wait to rest, but it's like, I can't wait to rest. I don't know, it's different. So you work from rest, not toward rest. And here's the last thing um, to write down in your notes. What is Sabbath? Sabbath is a sacred time once a week, I would argue the full 24 hours, where we feast and release. 24 hours once a week where we feast and release. And this is actually what makes us better workers in the workplace. We're working from the joy of the Sabbath, not towards a day off. That'd probably be the best way to compare and contrast. Oh. I gave away my points, man. Is it, was that the last of the battery? You don't have like a middle slide? That's fine. Do you want to just stand back there and I can tell you? Okay. <clears throat> well, yeah, so I, I really want to get really practical for this part and actually talk about how we practice Sabbath in a way that is helpful in a way that does give us real rest, but also kind of goes against maybe the way of the world and just a typical day off. Um, what's fascinating is if you look at Exodus 20, right, when, when Moses reads out the Ten Commandments to the Israelites on Mount Sinai, uh, the, the command to, to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy actually is the longest of the commands. And so it takes up most of, I think it's like 37% or something of the actual Ten Commandments. And yet it's the one that we often ignore the most. And so there's, I was reading a book, we were, actually it's in Garden City, that talks about how there's a, a push against Sabbath, right? Because we think that Sabbath is part of the old law. And so we don't need to do it anymore because to, to practice Sabbath is really legalistic. And he says that it's practicing Sabbath is not, if you ignore Sabbath, it's, Sabbath, it's not a sin, it's just stupid, right? So if you, I mean, the Bible doesn't say to, to eat food and drink water and sleep eight hours a day. But if you don't do those things, it's not sinful. It's just stupid. And so Sabbath, if you like, like we talked about in Genesis one is already kind of built into the fabric of creation, like even before the commandments and all of that. And so what I love about Sabbath though, is that it, it, it involves both feasting and releasing, like what, what you were talking about a minute ago. And I think a lot of times when we, when we try and practice Sabbath, right, we're really good at releasing, but we're not so great at feasting. And so feasting, right, remember the four things that we talked about, there's embracing and celebrating. Those are, those are feasting habits. That's how we practice Sabbath in a very active way. 
And there's also ceasing and resting. Those are the releasing habits. And so if you look at actually in, um, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I thought this was really cool. In Exodus 20, you actually have two uh, different instances where Moses kind of preaches the Ten Commandments. The first is in Exodus 20, and the second is in Deuteronomy 5, much, much later. He's a much older man now. Uh, the first time he preaches on Sabbath, he's actually reading from the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, and he says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, right? He says, you work six days a week and on the seventh you rest. And the reason that Moses says we do this is he says, for the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days that he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. And so what he's saying is we participate in Sabbath to feast, to celebrate, to take part in what God is doing, right? God is a creator. God is an artist like you. That's right. Unbelievable. God is a creator. (laughs) We'll get there. It's fine. God rests because we're made in the image of God, right? We also rest. And so it's about saying yes to God. Right, saying yes to God's rhythm, God's design for the way that we live our lives, God's rhythm for the world. Um, We see God uh, creates and he delights in his creation. But then in Deuteronomy 5, right, Moses is much older and he's preaching the Ten Commandments again. And he's kind of reminding everybody why we do these. And he says almost, it's almost the same exact phrasing. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But the reason that he gives is different. He says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And so first, the Sabbath, we observe the Sabbath to to participate in God's rhythms. The second time he talks about Sabbath, we participate to resist the way of life in Egypt. And so what he's doing is he's saying, remember when you were in Egypt, all you did was work, right? Work was the way, that was how you defined your life. It kind of goes back to the idols. Right? The Egyptians idolized their work. Really, when Moses talks to Pharaoh about uh, letting the Israelites free, letting them go, Pharaoh says, you just want to do this because you're lazy. You don't want to work. He keeps telling him over and over again, get back to work, get back to work, get back to work. Moses is saying in Deuteronomy 5, you Sabbath not only to celebrate what God has done, but also to, to fight against the way of the world, the pattern of the world. And so I want to talk now about how we, like I said, actually, how do we practice Sabbath. How do we do this on a weekly basis? If you're uh, Passion Creek, most of you guys, we've, we've heard this before. We've kind of talked a lot about how to do this, but um, I think there's, a really, there's really something important. There are three things that we stop doing when we Sabbath, and there are three things that we need to start doing when we Sabbath. And again, most of us are really good at stopping. Most of us leave out the starting. And so the first thing that we stop is, I guess I'm doing this, we stop Gotta, like, believe. Just believe in it? You're not going to hit it? You're closer to it. I guess I can do this. Oh, okay. right. do I, do no, that's good. That's good. We stop working. I got the magic touch. If it works when you do it. It will. Okay. <laughs> um, right, this is the most obvious. When we practice Sabbath, it's first and foremost a call to actually stop working. We stop being productive. Right? And I think a lot of us, like... I, I don't know that I would call myself a workaholic, but I'm definitely the kind of person who, like, I, I measure how successful my day was based on how much of my to-do list I, I checked off, right? I, I measure my worth by my productivity. And so Sabbath is hard for me because I need to stop doing that. I need to ask myself, how much of my day, how much of my self-value comes from how much of my, my to-do list I check off, how much I get done? 
On Sabbath, we, we get rid of this. We say this is not how we're going to live our lives. This is not how we define our identity, our, our self-worth, all of those things. Um, and so practically, like we said, this means that we have to set aside a full 24-hour period. I think there are moments of Sabbath that we can have throughout the day, moments where we steal away and we enjoy the presence of God. But, but we really, I think, enjoy the, the, the full fruit and blessings and benefits of Sabbath when we start a full 24 uh, a full 24-hour period. And I think we were talking about this earlier. The Jewish people would start it uh, 20 minutes before sundown. And so they would start it with a Sabbath, uh, a feast, a dinner, and it would go a full 24 hours until sundown the next day. And that's really significant. Like you said, just humans, our first day was the Sabbath day. That kind of shows that we work from rest, not to rest. But also it shows that our days start from rest, not to rest. And so for a Jewish person, the day started the night before. Right? For us as Americans, we wake up and the day starts when we, our alarm goes off and we immediately go to being productive. We think about our to-do list, we make our coffee, we have time with Jesus so we can check it off and then move on throughout the rest of the day. For the Jewish person, the Sabbath started the day before. They're saying that my day starts with rest, with relying on God to keep me awake to keep, or to keep me alive in my sleep. Um, and so that's what we stop doing. The thing that we start doing is we start doing. How did that work? All right. Okay. So Sabbath, right? Rest itself. I would argue not even just Sabbath, just the the concept of getting rest is both passive and active. So not only do we stop doing something, we also have to start doing things. Um, What are the things that we start doing? We start doing things intentionally on our Sabbath day that awaken our hearts to the goodness of God. And so for me, like, these are things that we do that, like, make us aware and grateful of God's presence in our lives. These are things that we do that actually fill us up, things that we enjoy doing. Like this is sort of like if you're on a diet, you have to have a cheat day, right? If you don't have a cheat day, like it doesn't work. But your cheat day, there's, you say yes to everything that, that actually gives you life. Like for me, it's cheesecake. That's my Sabbath dessert. That's my meal. I eat all the cheesecake I want on Sabbath because that's, that. yeah, now you do. It's rough. Strawberry on top or cheese? No, pure cheesecake. I don't even like the crust. I just like the cream cheese. I, like I agree 100%. Really? Thank you. That's right. Amen. It's so good. Oh my gosh. I buy one every week. It's so bad. Look. I make it last the month, but I mean, no, it doesn't work. It, 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 never mind. I definitely eat the whole, it's the little ones. I eat the little ones. No, okay. But we start doing things, right? We, we enjoy, like, like, for me, this is like not just food, but it's also art. It's movies. I love watching movies, like reading novels and TV shows and stories that remind me of God's activity, not just in my life, but in the world around me. Like, these are things that we do that actually awaken our hearts um, to God. I would say, we've talked about this before, if you primarily work with your hands throughout the week, like if you're a manual laborer, it's really helpful to do something that works your mind. Give your hands a rest. And the flip side is true. If you work using your mind most of the week, writing or reading or things like that, it's really helpful to actually do something on your Sabbath with your hands, something tangible, like have a hobby, craft. My, Shelby loves making crafts. Like that is her Sabbath 100% is she makes crafts and it gives her so much life. But it's not just about uh, being passive and being lazy. It's about doing things that awaken your heart to God. Second thing that we stop, we stop wanting. I can't believe it works. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the irony about, about work is I think most of us work because we want Right? We talked about this with the idols. We want wealth. We want security. We want um, stability. We want joy. And it's not bad to work because of these things, but, 
but when we're constantly in that state of working to fulfill our wanting, that's how we, that's how we get in a place where rest seems elusive. We don't actually get there. And so Sabbath is, in a way, it's an act of defiance, saying that I, more than I want stability, more than I want to provide for my family, more than I want success and joy and all these things, I want God. I want the presence of God. Um, thought you hit it. Um, for some of us, we don't feel rest during Sabbath because we are constantly in this state of wanting. We can't get out of it. Um, and so Sabbath, we not only stop working, we have to mentally, emotionally get ready to stop wanting, and we start delighting. There it is. One of the best ways to, to combat, to fight discontentment, we all know this, right, is to, to train ourselves in gratitude. And so ways that we delight, I would say, start your day praying prayers of thanksgiving, right? Like, like we ask God for so many things, but I think it really puts our hearts and our minds in a different position, a different posture when, when we pray for the sole purpose of just delighting in the gifts that God has given us. Right? And so it's not wrong to, to enjoy the blessings, the gifts of God, but we also have to enjoy, like you said, the blesser and the gifts. And so we delight by enjoying both of those things. Um, meals with friends, family, spending time in your, in your home with your wife, with your kids. Like Acknowledge that the, these things are blessings. These things are gifts in your life. And when you make time to intentionally spend time with them for the purpose of delighting in God, for uh, the purpose of, of uh, appreciating God as a creator and as a giver, I think this is how we get uh, a deeper sense of rest. Um, so like my family, we, we, uh, we dance to like Disney music. That's, that's delightful, my little girls. So it's, there's all sorts of stuff. I do not dance to Disney music, um, <laughs> but I do eat what cheesecake. Kind of yeah. do dance to? I, don't, I don't dance. Oh, yeah. I know. Wow. I just watched High School Musical you did. with my daughter last week. I thought of the Genesis song. Does anybody know that Genesis song of Phil Collins? No? No. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. So, yeah, we start delighting. I, I would say the other thing that's really important for a lot of us is we need to turn off social media. Like, phones go off. Because for some of us, social media makes us want, right? It, the reason that social media is so successful is because people can produce whatever life they want for others to see and envy. And so we see people who have, have it together, who have whatever it is that we want, and it makes us want even more. We can't do that during Sabbath. For others of us, we need to turn off social media because it makes us mad. Like, it's really hard to delight in God when we're so angry at the world and the news and this person who's doing this and that person who said this in response and the state of the world right now. Like, we need to be really intentional with fighting these attitudes. And it takes a lot to break out of this habit because we're in a society, a culture where it's like we were rewarded for consuming. Our entire economy is based on how much we want, right? We've talked about how we go, we've gone from like a needs-based economy to a wants-based economy. Sabbath, we have to be really intentional about. We say no to the way of the world, and we say yes to actually delighting in what God has already given us. I would say you can do all the stuff, but if you don't turn off your phone, like you never really right. connect. It doesn't, the rest doesn't yeah. happen. Last thing, we stop worrying. Oh, oh man. I would argue, uh, we've said this before, I mean, I've said this before, I think worry is one of the greatest killers of the Christian faith. Not of the faith, but of your individual faith. Right? Because worry is the way that we, I mean, in a sense, we doubt God. And I think, like, we, we talk about it a lot, how just the state of the world today is so, and our access to the news and social media and all of these things, we're so inclined to worry, and we forget about God's provision in the past and God's promises for the future. And so, we worry about our work. That's, I think, ironic because a lot of us have to be really careful mentally even about 
during our Sabbath, I think a lot of us at first, if you've never done Sabbath before, your mind is naturally going to go to your work, probably. Uh, you start to worry about what you're missing out on, the things that you could be getting done. Um, we worry about our families. We worry about the state of the world. We're always in a constant state of worry. Sabbath gives, a, gives us a chance uh, to stop this worry. We stop our worrying. We also start dreaming. And so we focus on what is right in the world. It's kind of like it's the same thing as delight, right? We, we thank God for his gifts to us in our own individual lives, the ways that God has gifted us and our families and the blessings that we've, been, uh, that we've received from him. Uh, when we dream, we think about the blessings that God has given uh, over the entire world, right? Ways that God has moved in our own lives and in the lives of the people around us and the world around us. And we constantly dream of what God has promised for the future. And so those of us who long for justice... We're able to dream and know that God has promised justice. Those, who, those of us who worry about our, our sense of peace or our anxiety, we're able to dream and remember that God has promised us freedom and peace from all of those things. Ultimately, this comes through celebration. And so, um, again, turning off your phone is so important. If you get nothing else out of tonight, I would say, like, that would be the number one thing is when you Sabbath, turn off your phone for 24 hours. Um, we focus on what can be right in the world. We focus on what our role is in making those things right. And we learn to celebrate God's activity in our lives. We dream about what God has done and what he's going to do. This is why, like, we do this together as a family every week. Like, church, worshiping with your community of fellow believers. This is a part of, of dreaming. We worship, we celebrate together God's activity in our lives. We encourage one another by singing songs, right? We, we worship. It's not just for God. It's also for our neighbor. And so we're able to sing and declare what God has done in our lives for the sake of the church. We're able to dream with God together. Um, again, this requires intentionality. This requires like being really intentional with how you talk to your family, even. Like, like how you interact with them, what you choose to celebrate. Um, and so those are three things that I think we can stop doing. And three things that we can start doing uh, to actually practice Sabbath this week. Hopefully you guys will begin to institute a Sabbath and actually kind of get really uh, intentional about it. I know for me, what helps me kind of get the rhythm going is to begin it with a dinner and to like have friends over or make it look really family oriented or whatever, but it's a, it's a feast, it's a celebration with somebody. And, uh, and again, I love the night tonight. To me, it's a game changer uh, to kind of understand I'm starting by sleeping and just resting and it's really good. And then I also like have this comfort that, okay, Saturday night, I can get some work done if I need to, you know, like after dinner. I don't know. It's just neat to me. So I encourage you to do that. We want to end with this. There's a framework. It's, it's in this book called The Gospel Coach by Scott Thomas, which I haven't, dude, I dug back in the archives. I read that book like 10 years ago and I thought, oh yeah, he talks about idols a lot. And he talked about the idol of power, approval, security, and comfort. What I want us to end with is to recognize what the Sabbath does for us, and really um, how actually Sabbath is an active resistance against the way, uh, the ways of this world, and how we can look so much different than the, than the people in our workplace. Uh, number one, what we do is when we operate, when we live in the Sabbath, we crush the idol of power by ceasing for 24 hours. So and you very much talked about this, the anti-Pharaoh uh, sentiment. But write this down. What, what this means, what we recognize in Sabbath is we realize, look, God is glorious, so I don't have to produce results. God is glorious, so I don't have to produce results. I know for me, when I'm living from a rhythm from Sabbath rest, 
I'm no longer as demanding, maybe on my children or whatever. I'm no longer, I have a less amount of bursts of anger, right? Bursts of anger are, a, it's the idol of power. And so that actually subsides. Um, another thing it, that Scott Thomas notes is you're no longer looking to thwart other leaders. You're not, you're not um, insecure by other people around you succeeding. Because at the end of the day, God is glorious. So I don't have to produce results. I don't need to be threatened by other people producing results. Do you see how you're just a better person to be around when you crush the idol of power? And every Sunday we can get together and say, yeah, we don't want the idol of power. But again, we talk a lot about this. You have to put forth these practices in order for it to be a holistic reality in your life. And there's so many other ways through prayer and scripture and all this stuff. But just the simple act of Sabbath does more for crushing the idol of power than almost anything. Of course, within the power of the Holy Spirit. And yeah, next one. Yeah, so the second idol. Uh, we crush the idol of approval by resting for 24 hours. And so we're able to do this. We say God is gracious, so I don't have to prove myself. God is gracious, so I don't have to prove myself. This one's really hard for me personally. Um, I was just talking to somebody a couple weeks ago about how much, like, like I think certain types of work are geared more towards this idol, like approval, like, like ministry, for example, like speaking, like anytime you produce content, if you're an artist or whatever, <laughs> you wanted this to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, when you're, you know that you're after this, like this is your idol, when you're constantly seeking, like you don't take criticism well, uh, when you're constantly looking for recognition, like this is me, like when somebody criticizes me and my love language, my number one love language is words of affirmation. And so I look for this in my work. But because of the gospel, I'm able to say that, that God is so gracious, I don't have to earn anything. I don't have, God has already approved of me. That's all I need. And so I take criticism well. Um, I don't always seek recognition from other people. Uh, I, can, I can work from a place of rest, not from a place of trying to earn approval and, and likability from other people. Um, so we crush the idol of approval by resting for 24 hours. Next one is we crush the idol of security by embracing by embracing God for 24 hours. Now, of course, I can hear it now. Don't I have to embrace Him forever? Absolutely, and He embraces you. But it is this intentional set-apart time where you truly embrace His goodness, His provision, and I'm not going to reteach everything we just talked about. So, God is glorious for the power. God is gracious. Now, God is great, so I don't have to be in control. God is great, so I don't have to be in control. When you operate from Sabbath... Again, this will make you such a better employee or employer. You are able to no longer be so overbearing. You are actually, God graciously kind of gives you this ability to no longer be impatient. You're actually more responsible. You don't hide your weaknesses. You don't need to anymore. God's in control. He is great. He is my security. I don't have to worry about losing everything He's got the whole world in his hands, right? And so that's how we crush the idol of security. By every week, once a week for 24 hours, we just embrace God and just rest in him and celebrate him and embrace him. Last one, we crush the idol of comfort by celebrating God for 24 hours. 
And so God is glorious, God is gracious, God is great, God is also good, so I don't have to look elsewhere for comfort, peace, and fulfillment. When I'm able to rest in this truth, when I focus and train my heart to recognize this during Sabbath, um, I find it a lot easier to deal with the burdens of work. I don't complain as much about work because I know that work doesn't satisfy me. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the source of my joy and comfort. God is. I know that I, I have ever-present lasting joy that I can't explain. It's just from knowing that God himself is good. And this is what it means. Like when we talk about celebrating God, it's not just celebrating the gifts. It's also celebrating the giver. Um, I don't have inconsistency. Like, like, I think sometimes people deal with inconsistency in their moods at work because one day work makes them really happy and then the other day something bad happens and it crushes them. When you're able to rely on God for your comfort, when you celebrate God during your Sabbath, uh, you have a consistent uh, heart of gratitude and awareness of God's presence. And again, if, if we do that, if we live out the, the Sabbath and these kind of things almost naturally happen, you will have the authority to share the gospel. People will want to hear from you. People will be inspired by you. Uh, I'll end with this. Tim Keller talks about, again, the greatest apologetic for our day. For a long time, we think, okay, we'll get somebody saved by proving God exists. So let's go through scientific explanations. Let, let's w wrestle through this. And those are all good. Like, praise God, I don't think scientifically. So I'm an artist. So, you know, it's art and science don't go together, right? So... Uh, they do. Anyways, I know it's not true. It's a fallacy, which is a scientific word. But anyways, um, what actually is a better apologetic, and I don't, I don't know, I think it's a more helpful apologetic, at least for people I, I kind of talk to and hang out with. Instead of proving that God exists, through our lifestyle and through our words, proving that you can't live without him, that Jesus is better, that living in the way of Jesus is more compelling it's a more beautiful lifestyle. Work is a servant and not a master, right? It's, it's very intriguing. And that's why, like, I try to say with everything, Jesus is better. That really is, like, a, that should be the mantra of our church. And we should live that. And we live that way by having that healthy relationship between work and rest.